Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One more hour to go, and you are the guest. You're my guest. Come on in here. We'll have a chat. 404-726-0929. What do you think it is? Falcons game week. Uh, We do have Clemson and Duke tonight. Our coverage begins at 7.30. The kick is at 8 from Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. So uh, get ready for uh, Clemson and Duke tonight. Final game of the opening, big five-day opening weekend here. And uh, then uh, we'll get into uh, week two and week one of the NFL. Kansas City-Detroit kicks it off Thursday night from uh, what used to be Arrowhead. What's it called now? Uh, I'll get it wrong. I'll still call it Arrowhead. How about that? Uh, Anyway, uh, Lions and Chiefs. And uh, that game will be live on 99 The Game. And, of course, uh, the Falcons and Panthers. Our coverage begins at 9 a.m. with the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. It will be our Falcons reporter, Joe Patrick, former Falcon Harbor LaBelle, and myself. And we'll be uh, live uh, right on Northside Drive across from the stadium in the Smooth Lot. And we encourage you to come on over. That'll take you to the pregame uh, show and the network. And, of course, Wes and Dave on the call. 1 o'clock kick at Mercedes-Benz Stadium between... Gia, Gia, Gia. Okay, right. I have no idea. I have no, no, no clue. GE Health Alliance. I have no, I have no idea. General I, beats the hell out of me. Um, but then again, I it took me a long time to understand what Geico stood for. Um, so, uh, government employees insurance company. Yep, government employees insurance company. And I thought, okay, that's weird. I'm not a government employee, All right? But have your little, uh, what is it? The Get go? Okay. Uh, Roadside Rambo's jumping into the program. You can too at 404 726 Hey, Roadside, what up? Man, how you doing, man? Good to hear you in the evening time. It kind of took me a while to get used to not hearing you and you in the morning times. And hopefully you're doing great up there in Philly, but great to talk to you again. Yeah, I appreciate it. But now, are you out working today? Yeah, I'm out I, I, I working today. Uh, there is some people that need some tires fixed and some cars jumped off. <laughs> yep. Uh, doing the 511 thing. Yeah, so uh, I, I know I would imagine today is a busy day, right? Definitely, definitely, man. Cars backed up, cars backed up. They need tell these women get some tire, better tires on their cars. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Do, they, do, they, do you yeah. know Rambo? To that end, do they know the penny trick? If, I don't know. If you don't know... Do you want to explain it? Uh, the, the, there's a there's a trick you can use with a, with a with a penny. Okay, it's called the penny trick. I need what to you learn do is you, no, it's a penny. It's a penny. You turn the penny upside down, okay, so that Lincoln's head is pointing down, and you stick it in the groove on your tire. If 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 the if any of Lincoln's head goes below that line, you need new tires. Gotcha. I always just use the tip of my finger, so I, I probably start using the, the the penny trick. Yep, the old penny trick. 
Uh, anyway, I, 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 you know, I mean, if you see Lincoln's head, you need, I mean, if it's getting that low that you see Lincoln's head, you, then you got a problem. It's yeah, got to go uh, back down, so, you know, so with, you can't see his head. Georgia, uh, we, we like we're looking good with Bobo. I, I think, like you said, we're not going to show too much. So all the Georgia fans, calm down. We're, Bobo is going to be okay. I promise you. Kirby Smart got him. He's going to be okay. And um, real quick, the transfer portal. We seen we seen between Saturday and last night a great job of coaches using the transfer portal with Dion pretty much redoing his whole team. And with uh, Mike down there in Florida State, adding some key pieces that now, like you said, got them in the playoff hunt. So that was my two takes for you today. Again, it's good talking to you, my man. Um, and we, I, I'll, I'll let you talk. All right. Well, Rambo, uh, you're, you're welcome to stay on if you want to talk here because I got questions for you too. Um, and I appreciate what you're doing today. I appreciate all the first responders today. Everybody's working on a Labor Day uh, at the airport or with uh, GDOT or everybody trying to make sure everybody gets, uh, you know, arrives safe and alive and uh, all that kind of good stuff. And I appreciate all that. Thank you. Uh, Thank more than you, you know. Um, uh, and uh, be, and do remember 511, okay? Just remember 511 if you get in trouble on the interstates here. Um, Rambo, I'm curious about that. Dion's makeover of the team. Uh, I wonder if others would dare try to model that. Like, for example, I'll give you, I'll, let, let me give you one. Um, Northwestern, okay. right? Okay. So Northwestern has the whole thing. They went 1-11 last year, like Colorado did, but they had this whole, you know, debacle uh, over the hazing incident and firing their lo- longtime legendary coach. And, you know, they went out and played their first game against uh, Rutgers, lost yesterday 24-7. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious as to whether or not Northwestern, to be competitive in the Big Ten, might uh, you know go out there and seek a coach who's going to come in and basically fire most of the team and, and just say, okay, look, because they, they have it. One of the things true, Rambo, about Northwestern it is a great academic school, right? It's a great academic school. You can get a lot of guys interested in coming to, to Northwestern for that and play in the Big Ten. I'll say this, a team like Northwestern should definitely hire someone who's going to utilize the transfer portal because if you look at it, I look at the transfer portal like this. You have a bunch of guys in there that was maybe three to four and five-star players who, like a Georgia, Alabama, you may only get to start a year or two years. But in, in today's with the NIL being what it is and guys being able to buy mama a house now in college, I think you're going to be able to grab more of those guys to make your team competitive immediately uh, versus a total rebuilding, like you take a TCU. I think those type teams be good maybe once every three or four years, really really make some national noise being that they're senior-laden. But now you're able to go get some guys that maybe that you wouldn't have a chance to get when you know doing regular recruiting time you're able to get those guys and possibly even turn your season around. Well, you know, you know, can't do it during the season, but you know, for the next season, you're able to sure. turn it around fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, you're absolutely right, Rambo. I mean, and it's not always the, the great panacea, though. I mean, and I appreciate it, Rambo. Uh, stay safe out there. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Yes, it, you know, DJ Uyunglele goes to Oregon State and did what we expected him to do. He threw for, you know, 500 yards of five touchdowns or something, and your Clemson fans are going to go, where was that? You know, I, I know, it's just the fit wasn't right. And uh, Michael Penix left Indiana, went to Washington, and look what he's done. Um, not that he wasn't good at Indiana. Graham Mertz went to Florida. That didn't work out so well. Uh, Jeff Sims went to Nebraska. That didn't work out so well. It's not always a panacea. 
but sometimes it does work really well. And and uh, if you get the right guys and to fill, especially if you're filling, you know, holes on a team that you know has three or four holes here in one spot uh, on either side of the ball, and you can get quality guys to fill those spots, it can be a big help. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. One other thing before I get to Lloyd here, don't I. I need to know if I'm violating – Eric Slaughter, you may be able to help me out. Am I violating my grill man card here because I, I'm going to be grilling out today, all right? And now, I took a lot of I, – I, I took a raft of crap, uh, maybe rightfully so, from like uh, – may have been Squid Billy I'm, or Abe, one of the two. I can't remember. This is a long time ago. And Hugh, about the fact that I like to grill carrots. Okay. You can put vegetables on a grill. Any, you can okay, that's, that's fine, right? Yeah. And so, and the way you grill carrots is you put them in uh, tin foil, you know, and once you, you know, obviously you have to get them ready. You put them in tin foil, a lot of butter, a little bit of salt, and then they, if they cook on the grill for like half an hour, you know, or so, oh, they come out sweet and tender and, oh, they're really good. Uh, but I don't have a grill. I have a flat top. I have a Blackstone, okay? I don't have a Weber. I don't have a charcoal grill. I don't have a pellet grill. I don't have a smoker. I have a blacktop this flat top you know this blackstone and i'm going to be grilling today for labor day i mean it's, it's, it's typical stuff i'll make carrots i'll make you know brats and i'll make uh, hot dogs and you know and that you know generally that kind of stuff okay is, is that like you know not really grilling it's just griddling i'm not really grilling am i i mean yeah you if you want to get technical to order to grill you have to have charcoal or some type of flame yeah, right. when you put it on a flat, I mean, of course, there's a there's a flame underneath it, but yes, grilling is getting smoke and flavor from a flame and some type of charcoal or wood chip. That's what grilling is. But I ain't mad yeah. at you, man. You cooking first off, you cooking, which a lot of people ain't doing, and um, and you're putting your own flavor on it. So in my book, John Fricky, you good to go. Okay, right. I, I didn't lose the main card over of that. Okay, all right. But if you think I am, that's fine. Uh, you know, I'll take that. You know, I'll take that hit because I, I, I've wondered it myself. I, you know, I said to to the real estate maven, I want to upgrade. I've got like a, a two burner blackstone on here. I want to go to the four burner. You know, and you know, and then then when I do, because I'm going to redo my. And the only reason I have it is I'm going to redo my backyard at some point here. We redid the house. Now we're going to redo the backyard. And so when I do, I want to go to the four burner, and then I want to get a Weber. A, you know, a good old fashioned Weber grill. I told her I said I want to get a re- I want to have charcoal I want because I, I don't think I the problem with the black it's great I love the blackstone but you don't get that flavor that that uh, Eric was just talking about it's just not the same thing uh, Lloyd is on with us we're talking Falcons Braves Prime College Football Georgia everything on this Labor Day Hey Lloyd How's it going John Thank you for having me Sure um, As far as I'll start with Georgia first um, As far as the performance of Mike Bumbo's play calling. I think everyone should just pump the brakes. I think the reason why everyone is up in arms, so to speak, is because we expected to have this big slaughter from the time the first kick started to the first whistle. You expected it to just be similar to what Oregon did. We wanted it to be 60 to nothing going into halftime. But at the end of the day, you still got the result that you wanted, which was a W and my check. It didn't matter if you won by six, if you won by six. It still counts as a W in the win column. But it's also first-time jitters. You have a first-time starting quarterback. Uh, Bobo just getting back in the saddle, and it could be just those. And there were a couple throws that Carson Beck made that I'm pretty sure if they were in practice, he hits them in the face mask. 
So if you haven't played football, you know how it is for those jitters to come in the first game. Sometimes adrenaline, you're overthrowing passes that you normally have on the money or you're underthrowing. So I think everyone should pump the brakes. The defense looked really, really great uh, as far as what I expected to see. And I think more concerning than Mike Bobo's play calling should have been why wasn't this all-star offensive line that we had not making a good push? Why did you have these defenders in the backfield? And then I think a previous caller spoke about the transfer portal has been assisting a lot of programs. Well, Tennessee Martin's quarterback was no slouch. You can see he was definitely an athletic quarterback. So it wasn't the pretty win, the overwhelming win in the first half that we get to see, but then you come in the second half, and I think if the first half looked like the second half, you wouldn't have had all these calls for his head. But I think you said it earlier. Well, it but l- l- let me ask you a question. Is, is all that you know set against to the fact that there's still a number of Georgia fans who weren't happy with Mike Bobo the first go-round? I think that's part of it. My mother used to tell me growing up, you know, no matter what you say or do, someone's going to have a problem with it. You just need to make sure that person isn't you. And I think mm-hmm. some people aren't going to be – some people are upset that it's Carson Beck being the starting quarterback and not Brock Vandergriff or you take your pick. Everyone kind of falls – on their chosen quarterback, if you will. But I think in the end, as long as the results come, I mean, let's not forget when Mike first became the OC, his first game wasn't that right. You know, the Georgia fans are ready to run from town as well. So yeah, I think- your phone is breaking. Yeah, Lloyd, your phone's breaking up. I appreciate it. Now, and again, we should all cry about winning games 48-7, to you know? I mean, regardless of who you're playing. And that's probably what the score will be somewhat like this week because Ball State, uh, if you didn't know, played its opening week. They went to Kentucky and lost 44-14 to to Kentucky. So I guess people will do some relative comparison. Kentucky beat them 44-14. to We better beat them worse than Kentucky kind of thing. All right. I mean, I get it. Uh, I think some of it is, you know, that a lot of fans, Georgia, you know, a lot of you Georgia fans have a lot of hesitancy about, uh, about Mike Bobo the first go-round. I think you know, and, and not to see, but again, he's not going to show anything. That, you know, I get a lot of a lot of what Lloyd said is correct. I mean, first game, new starting quarterback, they're going to play. I and I agree. I think the offensive line should have had more of a push than they did uh, to open up some of those lanes. But I think all in all, let's see let's see what they do against Ball State, and then then it's going to get real against South Carolina. Even though South Carolina, of course, got beat by North Carolina. Let's keep in mind South Carolina against North Carolina. South Carolina's rushing total in the game was minus two yards. Minus two yards. That's what they ran for against North Carolina's defense. They better not run for nothing. <laughs> nothing against zero and negative something else against that Georgia defense. 404-726-0929. It is a Labor Day Monday, a cookout Monday. I can't say grilling Monday. i got to say cookout. On Sports Radio 99, the game. Your calls as we continue with John Fricky and talking Braves, talking Falcons, talking college football. All of it's on the table for you. And a chance for you to converse. Don't t- don't tell me you don't have a chance to call in and talk. It's it's right here on Sports Radio 90 Time the Game in the Odyssey app. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Is right. Here we go. Uh, we ready? What is the We Ready song? You know the, the one that uh, Eric Slaughter, the, the United plays. You know. We ready. Ready. Yeah. yeah. That's unfortunate. That's the artist who died not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, I, that that song, I, it's kind of the theme song right now. We're we're working with the Atlanta Falcons. Are we ready for y'all? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. 
Uh, and again, for all those that are staying in the lane of the Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot era, they say, trust us, we're ready. Okay, all right, I, I want to. I just, I said it, you have to understand a lot of us are stepped back and going, oh, we've heard this before. It's not that we don't trust you, it's just that we've heard it before and we've been burned. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're, you're, we, if you're kind of wooing and dating fans, you know, it's kind of, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you got to win us over a little bit more. I mean, I look, I think Arthur Smith did a w- wonderful job the first two years. And if you're an Arthur Smith hater, I, it's like Brian Snicker haters. I just want to put my head in my hand and go, okay, all right, sure, you know. All right, fine. Um, but you have your opinion, and I have mine. 404-726-0929. Let's go to Andrew. He's on with John. Hey, Andrew. Hey, John. Um I wanted to start by saying anybody that is considering taking your man card for using a griddle over a grill, it, it's really just absurd. If you're outside standing over some some form of cooking device, and a cooking device, and I'll have an asterisk on that, I, you're grilling. You're doing it. So Okay. Um, all, right, all right. Well, that's good to know <laughs> because I, cause I was going, okay, I don't think I'm really grilling. I think I'm just cooking out. I mean, I mean does grilling have to be like a grate, you know? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a, I think, I think the griddle is actually becoming really popular because we see a lot of people doing breakfast and foods like that. There's some foods you can't really do um, on a, on a grill, oh, right? So make you, no mistake. Yeah. Make no mistake. I, I'm, I'm not paid by Blackstone. I wish I were. I love this Blackstone. Love it. <laughs> and my, my asterisk on that, that I mentioned is because there's a, like, I guess smoke, you know, smokers and things like that have been gaining a lot of popularity recently. And for me, that's not, that's not, I mean, it's cooking, but it's not really cooking. You're going to throw it in there for four hours and then go sit on the couch inside. If you're not over there, you know, manning it, it's, I don't know, not cooking. So unpopular opinion, but smoking isn't cooking, isn't grilling. Um, uh, but so the only thing I wanted to, to run by you, because you kind of just brought it up with one of the last callers, and we talked yesterday about Sam Hartman, Notre Dame. Um, where, kind of a question actually just for you. What do you think, where, where do you think there lies more value? Um, like bringing in a five-star, like recruit, having them play for, you know, you know two to three years, or picking up um, somebody who wasn't a five-star but now is – transferred from another school has four or five years under his belt under their belt and um you know uh, easily slotting into a starting position well i think both considering uh, the I mean, I don't, portal yeah yeah i I, th- I think the answer is both I, it just depends on the fit i mean mm-hmm. uh, let's take dj let's take dju for example five-star guy coming mm-hmm. out of high school went to clemson it just you know he spent what three years there and just it didn't fit now he's off to Oregon State, and he just lit it up yesterday. Of course, he had all day to throw. But, I mean, and that's what I said. He's going to throw 40 touchdowns. A lot of people think the DJU stock is going to rapidly rise. He could be one of those, you know, I, there could be as many as eight or nine first-round quarterbacks uh, in the next draft, and he's one of them, you know. So um, it will be um, – I, I think it's just on a team-by-team basis. We've seen guys transfer in. Uh, who was it? JT Daniels is now playing at Rice. I, I, there was a stat yesterday because he played his opening game. It was like the he had played Texas three times with three different teams or something like that, you know. I mean, or wherever they played. I mean, I can't, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, but he's been he'd been around. Uh, Blake Barnett well, played at uh, Alabama. He played at Arizona State. He played at South Florida. He played somewhere else. Uh, I don't even remember where. He played like on four or five teams. 
And J- now JT Daniels is the new modern version of that. I think he's on his fifth school. Um, so, uh, but you know, and so that probably did him a disservice because, you know, he he kept going backwards in trying to find playing time. You know, maybe to JD JD uh, you know JT Daniels credit, uh, Andrew. You know, he realizes mm-hmm. he's not probably going to play professional football, so he just wanted to make sure he could get in a year, of, even if it was at Rice, where he could actually just play. And he just wants to play the yeah. game one more year, and he's going to be done. And um, so, I, you know, it, it just depends on the fit. Um, I, You know, I, I tried to warn, you know, I'm on the Nebraska boards. I tried to warn them about Jeff Sims. I tried to. They didn't want to hear it. You know, you oh, that. he's six yeah. four. He's athletic, and I'm like, yeah, but he makes bad, bad decisions with the football, and he made two really bad decisions with the football against Minnesota that cost him the game. You would, would you have rather had them start a freshman or somebody who maybe is under Matt Rule's uh, recruiting versus uh, picking up a transfer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would have preferred. You know, you know, I mean, I, I think this is, you know, they they needed a quarterback. Um, they didn't really have one on the on the roster. The, he was available. I think they just kind of took him because he was available, and um, you know. But again, they've got they've got a you know a guy that was an elite eleven camp quarterback coming in next year. So I mean, I think Matt Rule wants to develop his own guy. But you know, well, Dylan Raiola, for example, you know he's you know it'll be interesting to see how how quickly he gets a chance to play under Kirby Smart as a true freshman next year. I don't think he'll play much. I really don't. It's sort of like mm-hmm. Arch Manning in mm-hmm. Texas. You know, short mm-hmm. of you know injuries, I don't think he'll play much. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of the learning and tutelage is going to come obviously from the coaching staff. But I, I'm again, I'm you know, I'm sorry to sound like this homer. I'm just happy that we brought in Sam Hartman um, because there's a freshman that we have that now is learning under this you know six-year college veteran. So it's just I feel like there's some some overlap and carryover and, and bringing in like the the transfer, the old you know wildly met transfer. Well, but he's like a that. he was a really good quarterback at Wake Forest. I mean, really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I said, and he's had two really good games, Andrew. So, and I, and I appreciate the call four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. I put up Sam Hartman as a as a Heisman finalist to, to make it to New York at the beginning of the year, and there's nothing that's changed my opinion on that. Though I will say, in this opening week, we had so many quarterbacks have big games. I mean, there were so many. I mean, Jordan Travis thrust himself into the Heisman race yesterday. Uh, and um, you know, I but it's so interesting to me in the opening weekend what we saw. With Clemson and Duke playing tonight, the Pac-12 had a really good opening weekend. DJU, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, uh, certainly Shadur Sanders put himself into that mix, uh, and Utah's win over Florida, big opening weekend for the Pac-12 in their last year of existence. Good opening weekend despite the Boston College lost to Northern Illinois. Really good opening weekend for the ACC. Florida State, you know, and that's a big win for them, you know. You saw North Carolina beat South Carolina up. So I mean, uh, you know, Virginia had a bad week, but you know, pretty good start for the for the ACC. Uh, for the, you know, for the Big Ten, you know, Michigan and Ohio State both won, right? But did you see any either game? I mean, Kyle McCord may round in. He was a five star guy. He may round into a player, but and maybe it, just Indiana maybe has a good defense. I don't know. But if Indiana had any semblance of offense, I mean any semblance of offense, and they had none, some of that may be the Ohio State defense. I doubt it. It's just Indiana was inept on offense. If Indiana had any offense whatsoever, they might have pushed Ohio State. Hell, they might have won the game. Ohio State didn't really – they didn't do much of anything on offense. 
against Indiana. Kyle McCord was really average. And so, again, it's his first game, so we'll see how he matures over the course of the season. And I don't know if Michigan was missing Jim Harbaugh or not, but they kind of you know, were sleepwalking out there against East Carolina too. So, you know, I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just saying that it was just not – I'm not – you Georgia fans want to be unimpressed. How about uh, Ohio State's win at Indiana? Now, now, granted, they were playing a team far better. Indiana would beat Tennessee Martin. I get that. But still, at the same time, that was a struggle. A little bit for Ohio State. I mean, I mean, struggle is not a fair word. I mean, they were never really threatened in the game, but it was ten to three at halftime, and legitimately ten to three at halftime. By the way, legitimately ten to three. I mean, Indiana was right there again. If they had any offense, that would have been ten ten at halftime. But they had no their quarterbacks at Indiana. Whew, God, those two guys are bad. Yeah. They were no good. Uh, so, uh, anyway, um, but just kind of, again, we can't necessarily take anything away from the first week of the year. But it, it, it just looked like that Kyle McCord, who may turn him round into a pretty good quarterback at Ohio State, didn't help Marvin Harrison. Any, any hope Marvin Harrison had of making it to to the Heisman Finals as a, the best wide receiver in the country probably kind of might have gone out the window in one game. What do you have, three catches for 50 yards or something? I mean, there was nothing there because Kyle McCord couldn't get him the football. And so, all right, uh, let's see what happens with Ohio State. But Ohio State's been spoiled. I mean, you go back to Braxton Miller and you go through JT Barrett and, and, you know, the late Dwayne Haskins and, you know, C.J. Stroud. I mean, they've had a lot of – not to mention the fact that they had Justin Fields and, of course, they had Joe Burrow on their team at one point and they ran him off. uh, Has had really a lot of really, really talented quarterbacks at the collegiate level over the last eight, ten years. So it's a pretty high bar at Ohio State to be a, you know, they expect their quarterback to be 45 touchdowns at five interceptions and be a Heisman kind of finalist. Because that's what they've had, a lot of them, uh, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And so this seems, uh, you know, at least the initial reaction, and again, it's still only one game, but the initial reaction is uh, this is a step back. I, I don't know if Carson Beck is a step back. He, again, stats are what you make of them, but did you know, and I'll repeat this from yesterday, Carson Beck threw for more yards in his first game as a Georgia quarterback than any Georgia quarterback since David Green in 2001. Okay? Since Dave, as a matter of fact, he even threw for more than that, so I don't know why they picked that stat. It was like, okay, David Green threw for, and, I, and David's a great guy. He's a friend of the show and all that kind of good stuff. David threw for 284, and Beck threw for 295. I need to go back to when was the last time a Georgia quarterback threw for more than 295? That would be the most yards Really, because he threw for more than David Green. So it's actually got to go farther back than that. It's kind of an incorrect stat. you got to go back to the first time that somebody threw for more than 295 in their debut for Georgia. And who knows how far back you got to go to get to that. And uh, granted, it was against Tennessee Martin. I get it. But let's let this play. You know, here's the thing. Georgia is still, they've won 18 in a row, 34-35, they're still going to be the number one team in America. They're going to be Ball State 48-7. to They're still going to be the number one team in America. South Carolina's going to come in here and not be able to run the ball. They're still going to be the number And this is going to go on and on and on. Now, if it doesn't fit your eye because you want to win every game 73 to nothing, I don't know what to tell you. If that's the case, don't ever, and I mean this if you're a Georgia fan, don't ever go to YouTube ever and watch the 19 19- 81 Sugar Bowl, where Georgia won the national title against Notre Dame. Don't go watch that game, okay? Because Georgia won the national title in that game. 
Try and take a wild guess as to how many offensive yards Georgia had in that game. Because I think the total offense for Georgia in that game against Notre Dame, total, was like 140 yards. 140. And Notre Dame had like 400. I mean, Notre Dame was by far the better team. By far. But Georgia won the game because one reason was because Herschel was doing Herschel things and getting those tough yards. And the second reason was is that Notre Dame let a kickoff. Say, there was a kickoff by Georgia that hit at the 10-yard line, and the two Notre Dame guys are back there. They just they stared at it. And one of the Georgia gunners ran down and fell on it. No, oh, it's Georgia ball, first down and goal. And the Notre Dame guys go, it's not a dead ball? No, you moron. <laughs> it was like the world's largest, longest onside kick. <laughs> Eric Barcedra was like, oh, my God, pick the damn ball up. Uh, and so, but don't watch that game because I, I still, when we were watching uh, at CNN, we're watching the game, and I'm going, how is Georgia, is Georgia really going to win? They have like five first downs. How are they going to win the game? It was three and out, punt, three and out, punt, three and out. Oh, they got a first down. Oh, Herschel ran for eight yards. Punt. I mean, they, they could do nothing against that Notre Dame defense. But guess what? They won. So maybe it doesn't fit your eye, but you're not giving it back, are you? It is a Labor Day day for you to call in and chat about sports. If you're out grilling, I'm I'm glad that people are saying I'm not losing my my grilling card here, even though I think I'm not grilling. I'm cooking out. Uh, Sports Radio 92 on the game in the Odyssey app. I feel the master. Are they? That's the big question this week. I certainly hope so. This song echoes through Mercedes Benz at the start of Atlanta United. I need this to be echoing for the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. I mean, we we want to make sure that everything is of the important nature of this opening game. Against Carolina Panthers, and welcome back to the Northern Kia Studios. John Fricky with you on a Labor Day Monday. We're talking about the the Falcons, the Braves, and all of this kind of stuff. Because start peeking ahead this week here. All right now, we have Clemson and Duke tonight, and you can hear that game on ninety two nine. The game beginning at seven thirty. We have Clemson and Duke. That's the last game, kind of the opening weekend. And Clemson's got to make a bit of a statement here. I think you know, I, I guess uh, style points matter. Like when the new polls come out tomorrow. It's going to be pretty interesting to me in the coaches poll and the AP poll to see just how much of a jump Florida State takes. Could how many people will anybody vote the coaches or the or the or the media people would anybody vote Florida State number one, and if so, how many will vote Florida State number one, and how high will they jump? They deserve to jump up a lot, a lot, a lot based on that performance yesterday, last night. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me to see Florida State as high as number, say, four. Because they, they earned it. If you watched Ohio State, does Ohio State look like they were a better team than Florida State? No. So I couldn't rank Ohio State. I would have to drop Ohio State below Florida State. Michigan, no. I would have to drop them below Florida State. We'll see. It'll be really kind of interesting. So um, next week, just to peek ahead here, so what do we got going on this week? Of course, you get Clemson and Duke tonight. The NFL opens on Thursday. Lions and Chiefs from, what did you call that, Gia Stadium at Arrowhead or something like that? Eric, was that what it was? I don't know. I don't know these things. 
They change names all the time. I still want to call it Staples Center for crying out loud. Hell, I want to call it Candlestick. I, all right, anyway, um, SunTrust. I, they change names all the time. The, the worst is, is, is the Dolphins Stadium. I think it, it's literally been like eight different names. Yeah, Hard Rock. <laughs> it's been um, uh, Land Shark. Yeah, Land Shark. Joe Robbie. I still call it Joe Robbie. Joe Robbie. <laughs> it was Dol- It was Dolphins, and then it became Dolphin without the S. Right. Now, what was the other place I you know. asked about? I was I was answering a call. No, that Gia thing. Oh, G- G- Arrowhead. G E H A. G E H A. I don't know what it stands for. Whatever it is. Uh, so Thursday, uh, Lions, Chiefs, uh, and of course that game will also be on 92 on the game, and then we get ready for the weekend. Razor in town, uh, St. Louis Cardinals tomorrow, a six-game homestand against the Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates at Truist Park. And uh, you, for the Braves, they have that, and they have a, a series uh, with the Cubs uh, coming in at the end of the year. But otherwise, the rest of the way, they have seven games against the Phillies, they have seven games against the Nationals, and they have three against the Marlins. Braves are done with the Mets. Hey, we were done a long time ago. So, uh, Phillies, uh, seven games. Nats, seven games. Three against the Marlins. you got the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Cardinals. Those, those are the teams left on the schedule. And it begins Tuesday, tomorrow night, against the Cardinals. Uh, and then, of course, as we lead toward the uh, Falcons and, and Panthers, next week in college football, Ball State mentioned at Georgia. Uh, Georgia Tech will host South Carolina State. South Carolina State is no good. South Carolina State is 0-2. And they have scored 10 total points in two games against Jacksonville State and Charlotte. 10, 10 total. Uh, and Georgia State will play host to UConn. And UConn, a good football team. UConn gave NC State a fight. So uh, it'll be tough for Georgia State. Uh, big games, of course, prime. Second game is home opener in Boulder against Nebraska. Uh, Texas and Alabama will be dominating the week in the talk. It'll be prime's home opener because of what he did. And Texas and Alabama. But there are other big games. Notre Dame's at NC State. Texas A&M's playing down in Miami. Auburn's playing at Cal. The Auburn-Cal game is what? It's is that? Do we count that as like SEC, ACC? Do we count that? I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> I guess if we're not going to count um, Texas and Alabama as an SEC game, we can't. Not yet. Still a Pac-12 game? Okay, still a Pac-12 game. <laughs> so weird. Auburn against Cal is an SEC-ACC showdown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you call it the, not Atlantic Coast Conference anymore. It's the All-Coastal Conference and, and SMU. <laughs> Again, I just had this picture there, uh, a mockingbird of the dude standing in front of uh, Gerald Ford. Not that Gerald Ford, different guy. Uh, Gerald Ford Stadium, and because I've been there tons of time, my mom lives two miles away. And some dude's standing there, and you say to him, "Okay, which way is the ocean?" And he holds out both hands with his fingers extended and says, "Pick a direction." <laughs> yeah, I uh, this is just so weird. The whole thing is just I I hope we're soon done with it. But no, there's all this chatter now. The Big Ten's going to take two more schools. And there's some chatter that the ACC did this whole thing with Cal, Stanford, and SMU because they are deathly afraid that Florida State and Clemson are going to pay the $120 million to get out of it. I don't know. I can't know these things. I just know that uh, that I hope it's at some point it settles down and we can kind of all figure this out. And I don't know how the Big Ten, you know, like the SEC and the Big Ten, for example, are going to go to no divisions next year. 
if the Big Ten goes to 20 teams, how do you not go back to divisions? How do you not? I mean, how does it make any sense whatsoever to play a 20-team league when you're only playing nine games? Not basketball, not baseball. By the way, that's one thing we haven't really talked about, have we? In all this expansion, you do realize it's it's every sport, right? So it's, yeah, it's basketball too. UCLA at Assembly Hall is a Big Ten game. USC at Chrysler Arena against Michigan is a Big Ten game in basketball. I know, it's weird, huh? Yeah, that Big Ten showdown today. Uh, we're coming live to you from uh, New Brunswick where UCLA and Rutgers are about to, you know, okay. <laughs> the whole thing. Oregon versus Maryland is a Big Ten shootout live from Landover. <laughs> okay. I try to wrap my brain around all this. I don't know if I'll be able to. What a week up, huh? Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. The, are we ready is the big question here. I sure as heck hope so. I really do. Falcons have to win. Uh, and it's really important for them to win, not just this Carolina game, but the first two games. Going to Detroit, look, the Lions are going to be pretty good. They're going to be feisty. It's going to be hard. You're going to be on the road. But when you're playing uh, four home games to start the season out of six and you're playing three guys who've never taken a snap in the NFL at quarterback and Bryce Young, well, by that by the time they get to the other guys, they will have. But still, you get the picture. They're going into the season never having taken a snap. Bryce Young, Jordan Love, and C.J. Stroud, the first three quarterbacks you face, uh, and uh, and then Sam Howell. When those are the four quarterbacks you're playing against, you had better win those games. I think anything less than four and two after six games will give me pause because the back end of the schedule, remember, is going to be different. The back end of the schedule, you play four of your last six on the road. And your last two, if you're fighting, if the Bears are as good as I think they're going to be, you know, nine-win team, possibly a ten-win team, and you're talking about the, the Swampers being who they are, your last two games of the season in weeks 17 and 18 are on the road at Chicago – on December 31st, on New Year's Eve afternoon at 1 o'clock, unless it gets flaxed, 1 o'clock on December 31st at Chicago. Now, do I need to tell you what it's like in Chicago on December 31st, potentially, in terms of weather in an outdoor stadium and the key to that game? And then you have to go down to the swamp the next week? And what if what if those two games are going to determine, you know, whether or not you're going to make the playoffs. Well, that's why the, these games up front are so important. And especially the games when we're talking about Carolina, doubly important because of the division, Green Bay and Washington, because they're division conference and conference conference games. And so when we're talking about Chicago or we're talking about New Orleans, we're talking about division and conference games and tiebreakers all over the place. And if the Falcons were to end up 9-8, and eight, there would be tiebreakers all over the place. So you got to take care of business in your division and in your conference. The, the, like the Jaguars game is nice. It's in London. If you don't win it, it ain't the end of the world. Okay? It's just not. It's, you know, an AFC game. You're playing 5,000 miles away, whatever it is to get to London. I have no idea. And, uh, and whatever it is. And so, you know, I'm not really worried about that game. I mean, just stay healthy, come home, you win, you win, you don't, you don't. I mean, I want to win the game, don't get me wrong, but it, it is far less important than it is to fa- that, than to beat Green Bay, Carolina, and Washington, right? And we all understand that because of all the tiebreaker stuff. 404 remains the number. Chris Goforth is coming up top of the hour. 
Chris is going to be hosting the network and the pregame show on the network this year. Uh, again, our coverage of the Indiana Falcons opening game begins at 9 a.m. Sunday with the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Uh, Joe uh, Patrick, who covers the Falcons for us at Flowery Branch, is part of the show. So is Harper LaBelle, the former Falcon. And I will be, we will be at uh, Smooth Lot right there on Northside Drive, bringing you all the kind of the sights and sounds as we get ready. I can't, I'm so gassed up for Sunday. I cannot wait for this opening game against the Carolina Panthers. And we do hope you come by. And then, of course, that'll lead us to Chris and the network at 11 o'clock. And Wes and Dave with the uh, call of the game at 1 o'clock, Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons. A lot of 1 o'clock games. I think there's only two games this year that aren't short of flexing, aren't uh, 1 o'clock kicks uh, this year. Uh, There is one late game where we're out on the West Coast. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I probably should. That's a 4 o'clock start. And and then Arizona or somebody. And then uh, there is a – of course, the early, early, early morning game, 9.30 kick against Jacksonville from London, where I think the Wade Ford uh, tailgate show starts at 6 in the morning. And the, the Harper and Joe are like, oh, 6 in the morning. I'm like, dude, 6 in the morning ain't no big deal. Did it for eight years. I got to get up at 3.45. Welcome to it, dude. You and I did 5 a.m. for like two and a half years. <laughs> you know? Man, yeah, that was 3.15 that alarm went off. You know, get, you know, a pony up here. I never really did understand the TV people that would work mornings. If you see these people that work like, you know, the, one of the stations in town is promoting their 4.30 a.m. show. If you got a 4.30 a.m. show, you have to do the back timing here. You have to be in by about 2. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, John, I'll give you the one game that's going to get flexed for the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. You're correct. Everything's a 1 o'clock kickoff except for the Cardinals game on November the 12th, 4 o'clock uh, West Coast time, 1 o'clock in Actually, Phoenix, it might be noon in Phoenix. I'm not sure how they do there or 2 o'clock, one of the things. But I'll give you the game that's going to be flexed. You want to know the game that's going to be flexed? What's that? December the 3rd, Falcons at Jets. They're going to flex that bad boy at prime time. They're in Rogers' well, show. If the Falcon, yeah, if the Falcons are good, you know, they could uh, flex that game. I, I, uh, I and like so, it. yeah, they could. They, I, I, I mean, I, I think you want to root for a flex, okay? Because if the Falcons get flexed in December, that's a pretty good sign. Okay? Just saying. Thanks for being part of the show. To uh, everyone who uh, weighed in, really enjoy talking to all y'all. Stand by for Chris Goforth as we continue on this Labor Day Monday, counting down on a Falcons game week on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.